Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And today's Word for the Day is found in Matthew 6, 16 through 21. Here's what Jesus says. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may be seen by others, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I want to zero in on verses 16, 17, and 18 and talk about fasting. And this is the third of the traditional practices of Lent. So this is our last in our three-part series, Preparing for Lent, where we looked in the first part at, at almsgiving, that's giving to the needy, the second uh, podcast, prayer, and now this one, fasting. And again, just like the other two, Jesus begins, when you fast. So he's assuming that people who worship God, whether they're uh, ancient ancient Hebrews or whether they're uh, contemporary Christians, that fasting is a normal part of following God. And in Lent, there are actually two traditional fast days. One is Ash Wednesday, which is tomorrow, and we're invited to fast that day. And then the next day <clears throat> is Good Friday, a traditional fast day. And um, at its heart, fasting is about food. It, it can be other things, and that can be helpful. And, and maybe if fasting is new, it's good to start by fasting from something else. But on those fast days, it's really about not eating. And the church has understood that at two levels. One is sort of a, a simple fast. These are my words, but, but they capture what the church has historically said. One's a simple fast, and that's where um, you eat very lightly, you know, probably enough at each meal to just take the edge off, and you don't eat meat. So maybe in breakfast you have a some yogurt, and at lunch maybe you have a, a cup of soup, and at supper, um, you know, maybe some bread and butter and some cheese, and uh, you drink water during the day. So you're not totally fasting, but you really are denying yourself. That's a simple fast. Or <clears throat> a total fast where you don't eat any food. However, you should drink liquids, drink lots of water. And both of those are acts of self-denial where you feel the pain of hunger and, and you intentionally set aside your dependence on food so that it moves you to depend on God. That's, that's what's going on in fasting. And it strengthens your trust muscles and your dependence muscles on God so that in normal times, um, it's more natural for you to do that. It's it's spiritual formation and it's training. And um, in the time of Jesus, uh, for example, the Pharisees fasted two days a week, every week. It was normal. Um, so it's it's not a practice we talk about a lot in our culture, although it's becoming uh, popular as a health thing. A lot of people are saying it's good to rest your, your body and not eat all the time. But for Jesus, it's a spiritual thing. And it's about uh, learning how to, how to say no to ourselves and yes to God. Um, it also has a spiritual dynamic in prayer. 
And one of the most helpful ways to understand this, I think, is one time Jesus was asked, why do your disciples not fast? And he says, when the bridegroom's with you, you don't need to fast. And I, and I think one way to understand that is that as long as Jesus was present incarnate, he was fully present. But then he ascends to the Father, and we live in this space of of faith and not sight. And Christians have testified through the centuries that when you fast and join that with prayer, um, it opens up your spiritual sensors. It opens up your ability to sense God and his presence and how he wants to speak into your life. And it really takes away a barrier that helps you draw close to God. It can be a powerful thing. It's also traditional to fast all through Lent. That's where we get that whole idea of giving stuff up for Lent. It's really about fasting. And so it's a helpful spiritual practice to to pick something that you say no to. And one way to do that, for example, in the Eastern Church, is they really do a simple fast all through Lent. They eat light and eat no meat all through Lent. And it's hard. It's rigorous. In the Roman church, uh, meatless Fridays had become a, a tradition of Lent. So every Friday, um, to, to anticipate Good Friday, um, you don't eat any meat at all. So you deny yourself that part of your meal and just go veggie all day. And then, of course, there's other ways. You know, Maybe you watch too much TV and you give up TV. But here's the point. You don't give up stuff in Lent to prove how tough you are or to increase your worth before God. You do it to train yourself to not depend on those things and train yourself to depend on God. It's kind of like when a kid is finally the point where they have to give up their pacifier. It's hard at first, but what it does, it trains them to not depend on that and learn how to find other ways of meeting that need for comfort, ways that are more appropriate to their age as they grow older. Maybe that's a helpful image for thinking about how fasting works and how the disciplines of Lent work. So I encourage you to think about how you want to practice fasting during Lent. Are you going to practice fasting on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, maybe a simple fast or a total fast? Do you plan to do something all through Lent, maybe uh, fast on Fridays, um, You know, go meatless on Fridays? That could be a great practice. Um, but that's one of the things we're invited to do in Lent. And whether it's almsgiving, prayer, especially added prayer or fasting, all of it's designed to put us in a posture where things we normally depend on are either diminished or they're put into our life or new things are put into our life that help us trust God. So the interplay of almsgiving, prayer, and fasting grow us in our trust in God. They're not works righteousness, and they're not even in them themselves, in and of themselves the things that change us. They put us in the space where we're forced to trust more deeply in God, and it's the interaction with the Lord and trusting him that grows us and forms us as more fully devoted disciples of Jesus. God bless and have a great day.